This episode was recorded before lockdown part two and all social distance rules were followed accordingly. Welcome to the Cicero AMO Let's Get Digital podcast, brought to you by the digital team. I'm Megan Harley, head of creative at Cicero, and this is a podcast where we discuss all things digital, all the goings on in the world, mixed up with a few rants and bants along the way. Digital, 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 digital. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. So hello and welcome to our very first Let's Get Digital podcast. It's all very exciting for us. Please bear with us because this is our first rodeo. I'm Megan Harley and today we have fabulous guests with me who are going to introduce themselves now. Hi everyone, I am Chris. You may know me as the Director of Digital in Cicero. And I'm James, I'm the Head of Digital in Cicero. In summary, in today's pod we'll be kicking off by discussing the new Let's Get Digital proposition that Chris will run us through. And then in the second segment of the pod, we'll be discussing technology trends that we've noticed during the COVID-19 pandemic, providing our thoughts, insights, opinions on those trends. And then finally, topped off, we're going to do a fun digital quiz testing our knowledge of all things digital. I'm genuinely excited about the, uh, the quiz. I have no idea what you put in it. It's kind of basic, because um, <laughs> I thought we'd start off small and then get bigger, but should sort of test your knowledge a bit. I've put in ones that you guys should sort of know as well. Oh, that's, that's the worst, because that means we forget them wrong or look stupid. That's the whole point, I think, to be like, how could you not know? Yeah, you'd catch us out, yeah. First off, how are you both? Uh, I am a wee bit hungover as I went for after-work drinks, uh, and I'm not used to doing that anymore, so this morning I was extremely tired. You're a lightweight now. I, that's basically what's happened. <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, now. Thanks, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm good. Enjoying the sun, keeping busy. Uh, yeah, it's good. All good. You avoided the hangover. You were sensible. Uh, I did. Not not on a not on a school night. Sensible. The weather looks amazing in France where you are, James. Looking out the window, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit hazy out there today. It's a bit too sunny, so can't quite see France. <laughs> right, Chris. Shall we kick off? Um, would you like to tell us about your new magical Let's Get Digital proposition? Can you give us a bit of an overview as to what that is? I would love to. So Let's Get Digital is the hook for basically the new proposition that we've put together. The idea is to try and simplify what digital is because it's kind of evolved loads over the past, what, like six years since we started doing like just the creative and design side of things. So it's very much we've put together three plans that basically make digital marketing simple and easy to plug into your existing activity, whether that's PR activity, public affairs activity, campaigns activity, or even external client activity that Cicero maybe not already isn't involved in. But the point is to align it up to people's objectives. So the three plans are basically, one, do you want to engage and convert new people to do a specific action? Two, do you want to raise awareness of a specific message or your brand? Or three, do you want to engage your existing database and network? Those are the three plans we've got, and we can pretty much plug that into your, the majority of existing activity that we're doing in Cicero anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah, fab. And how do we find out more about it? Do we go for, like, coffees with you? What's, what's the plan? Exactly. Well, we'll be, we're doing kind of 
team teachings um, and a few little socials with like full teams to do a bit of a run through of the full slide deck, the new sexy slide deck that I've put together. It is very sexy. Um, thank you. And then um, I've done my best with that branding. And then <laughs> we will basically, yeah, take people out for drinks and coffees and just try and explain it, see where we can actually plug it in. Because, like, for example, even this morning, Dan from the PA team was like, oh, I've had an idea we could plug in some, um, basically, like some social audits to your some existing client activity so it's just keeping aware of what we actually do and keep chatting to people so they can go oh yeah there's an opportunity here you guys are experts we need your help great super exciting and this is actually a part of the uh, initiative the podcast you want to, you should tell us about the podcast yeah what am i doing here <laughs> so basically this is the let's get digitals podcast and it's kind of a space where we can have rants, bants, just chat about everything digital, but then also give kind of industry insights. So we'll be asking people from different teams across the business and maybe some clients to get involved and just discuss everything that's going on and have nice conversations. And hopefully we'll do it when we're not hungover and we can have beers and stuff and just make it quite fun. Rants and bants. Yeah, lots of rants and bants. Did you nick that? Where did you get that from? That's quite good. Yeah, I did. I totally nicked it. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, essentially what we're going to discuss today is how the pandemic and the lockdown um, has ultimately catapulted digital trends that already existed, but people never fully really utilised them. And um, the pandemic has almost kind of acted as a catalyst for like digital change and the way that is impacting the way we work work, communicate, educate, healthcare, kind of everything. And I think it's affecting everyone in different ways and there's different trends going on. So basically what we're going to do today is just discuss our thoughts on that. Um, So I guess right now we're doing essentially a podcast from from home. So we're remote working. I mean, how have you guys found remote working during the lockdown? I've quite enjoyed it. Um, I actually found the transition easier than I expected. Um, I know that's not been the case for everyone, but I think for a lot of people, it's really changed their work-life balance for the better. Whereas before, it might have been more dominated by work. Now they've essentially got two hours of their day back. They can do the same amount of work, if not more, and um, get more leisure time, which I think has been a big positive for people. Um, And obviously, uh, with people discovering that Zoom exists, I actually remember at the start of the year, I don't know if Chris remembers, but you actually, it was just before lockdown, you asked me what Zoom was, uh, because a client had had suggested we uh, do a call on Zoom. Now, even Chris knows what Zoom is. I'm glad that the director of digital knows that. Thanks for that, Rachel. Yeah, I I hadn't heard it. I was like, what? Zoom? What is this? I'm turning into an old man, what can I say? I can't help it. Yeah, but I think uh, obviously out of necessity back in March, everyone uh, found ways of adapting very quickly and businesses were very flexible and good at adapting and finding ways to continue. Certainly I found that with everyone at Cicero and I think even people who were sceptical about working from home before or thought there were perhaps big drawbacks around collaboration and seeing colleagues and you know people being isolated and stuff found that actually um, if you put the effort into it if you make sure you schedule times to speak to your colleagues actually you stay very well connected Um, in some cases if not you know even better connected than before I I found it all right actually Uh, 
the productivity levels of just working from home are they just go through the roof where you might like even before the pandemic hit I was a big fan of just like trying to spend a day a week from home to grind stuff out where you're just like you've got proposals to write or whatever where you can just do it without distraction do you know what I mean where use the days in the office to do the team time but use the time at home wisely it's that whole thing about like work smart not hard where it's just kind of flipped everything on its head and pushed that forward to a better place really I think the flip side of it is me personally I've learned that I'm quite a social person to the point where I always thought that I would really enjoy working from home all the time and it was clear after a few weeks into it that actually I need to break that up by seeing people because I turned into turned into a little grumpy granddad um, I actually need to come in and just like kind of chat to people even if, like not necessarily about work but you know just rants and bants <laughs> rants um, and bants rants and bants and just like physically see people and, and you miss that connection on zoom which uh that's the bit that we need to kind of like get the balance with that right no I think I'm the same really because I miss people and the interaction and kind of I guess the creativity side as well just bouncing off ideas easily so how do you think clients have found it um during the process I think they've kind of adapted as well haven't they yeah definitely for example one of our clients I won't name her name but she'll know who I'm talking about she was doing uh, a call from her back garden and then was even tempted to do a call from her paddling pool so I think they've really enjoyed it Megs enjoying the flexibility yeah I think so yeah (laughs) I guess in a sense it's everyone's just re-evaluating what it means for different businesses so whether they need those kind of costs of having an office because I know a few of our clients are thinking about just completely going remote or just kind of hiring out spaces every now and again like just changing the whole model and having that flexibility I mean one of our clients even had a whole conference that was virtual. Yeah, that was awesome. And that was great. And I never could have comprehended doing that before. And that must have saved them a lot of money as well. So I guess it's just everyone kind of stepping back and thinking, how can we actually embrace digital and kind of plug it in everywhere um, into the work that everyone's doing? But then I did, I do want to touch upon the kind of mental health stuff. So there is the kind of balance. But then I do think, especially during the first part of the lockdown, it was pretty dark. I think because everyone was finding their feet, um, I think a lot of people kind of, maybe some people felt lonely or just, I know I miss like the human interaction and just kind of also being able to switch off. So you'll be tempted to kind of just carry on working because you can, because it's easy. So I had to definitely tell myself to, to switch off once I've done my work and it gets to the end of the work day to shut down my laptop that sort of thing and stop checking emails um so I think it's just finding that balance and that's where I think actually coming in maybe for some of the week and then waking from home where you can kind of nail that and find that kind of perfect sweet spot yeah definitely I made a fake commute to try and do that where every morning at about half eight I would get up take my keys and walk around the block and then I'd literally do the full ritual and I yeah I'd be like see you later Ashley I'm going to work (laughs) and then come in and be like oh hello work friend because I'm not much of a dork but actually it really worked and then at about like half five six o'clock when I was the day was finished I'd then try and plan like something like a run or even another walk so that it just feels like a physical transition. And that did really help, yeah. It was my, I learned it from, I was reading somewhere, I think it was like uh, Oscar Wilde or something, someone did it, and I was like, that is genius, I'm going to try it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed uh, with my working is I remember 
the last couple of years, we've had attempts to get the team using Slack instead of email um, and using Microsoft Teams more. And I was always uh, pretty bad at adapting those new things in that I'd do it for a week or two. And then I'd you know, forget to open Microsoft Teams when I logged into my computer in the morning and that would be that. But again, out of necessity, we adapted Teams very quickly. And now we have all our different Teams chats for clients accounts, different um, groups for different teams, and, you know, more likely to fire away a message in teams now than send an email, which um, makes managing the inbox clearer. But also, um, I think it's a bit more responsive. It's harder to ignore a team's message than it is an email. Um, so I think uh, I think that has changed permanently now. I, mean, I finally adapt, adopted something that, that is an outlook for yeah. Um, online communications okay so yeah there's a remote working but then there's also the big disruption to education and I mean I would all want to be a kid doing my like A-levels or GCSEs during this time I mean a lot of them didn't get to sit their exams or like imagine if you were doing well you weren't doing so well and then just before you started to kind of up your game because I was definitely like that would leave things to the last minute when I was a child and then they just take your predicted grades that were crap. I mean, it's just it's really unfair. Um, so difficult situations in that sense. But then that also forced teachers to figure out how the hell to do Zoom meetings and hold a class together over video chat. So it's kind of forced the education system, which in other countries has already been there, um, where they've been utilising it. But actually getting kind of dinosaur teachers to be able to work from home and actually teach a class and keep people being educated which is just nuts my, my favorite story from that was uh i saw a mother tweet that her i think it was like six-year-old daughter had a zoom class um being run by her teacher and instead of dialing in and watching the lesson she just put a um still photo as her profile picture and dialed in with that and then went off and was playing video games instead of watching the lesson and my mother was like, what are you doing? You've got to watch your lesson. And the teacher said, well, it's a Zoom call of 30 kids. Um, the teacher's never going to notice that my picture isn't moving. <laughs> the hacks, the, the get around stuff. Yeah. I love that. Like, did you see did you see the video of that? This is a complete tangent, but did you see the video of the guy that recorded himself yeah. entering the room behind him? I, I love yeah. that. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the amount of effort that went into that. I think on the flip side, the only thing is that, obviously, if people don't, are from disadvantaged backgrounds and stuff, and then they don't have laptops or internet. I think that's been the big kind of divide. Because um, I know um, from speaking to some teachers, there's the government has helped out, but then only to the most most vulnerable. So there's a percentage of them that aren't classified as vulnerable enough, which is just crazy. So I think there's a lot of work to be done to actually fix that gap and if there are going to be future pandemics they need to in this country you know pull together a proper plan for this and try and kind of nip that in the bud because you know they are the future the kids so it's just it makes sense to just put more money yeah, that's into a good that point. and the, the divide between state and private schools as well where from the sounds of it private schools were much better equipped to get you know online tuition set up very quickly and even, you know, with smaller class sizes, have uh, pupils and teachers doing, you know, one-on-one -on -one, um, time, which isn't isn't really possible when you've got a class of, 
30 kids or multiple classes of 30 kids even. Yeah, like the, the, there's definitely a way that could be handled better. I'm just thinking about, I was, I, in my head I went off because I was imagining what it would have been like when I was at school and then I started imagining it just wouldn't have happened because we still had dial-up and we still yeah. had the, mass, the massive tower PCs that were like weighed the, like the size of a sofa. Good luck trying to get that home. Yeah, you imagine. <laughs> you, like, they didn't have, I don't think they had webcams back then or if they did, it was those giant eyeball cams. Oh. I bet you had Microsoft and Carter instead of Wikipedia. I definitely did, actually, the old CD. Of course I did. Yeah. Microsoft and Carter. <laughs> I used to have Frogger. That was the absolute boy. I have no idea what this is, so I'm just like, okay. You never played Frogger? No. That was my education. Don't get run over. <laughs> Full stop. Have I missed out? Is it a, is it a CD-ROM That's or right, yes, it was a CD-ROM. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess one of the things, that, going back to the kind of digital aspect, is we've, we're big fans of VR headsets, and I think that's something that could definitely be utilised in this kind of environment getting kids to kind of just log on and, I don't know, see aug- augmented reality of, like, rainforests and the Earth's core and the Milky Way, stuff like that. I think that's something that maybe in the future will be kind of a, a big part of education, actually being able to... Because I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, definitely maybe it's the creative side, just seeing stuff visually is how I remember and take stuff in. So having more and more stuff like that, I think, would really change the way people learn. James and I were chatting about this yesterday, but the developments that are coming through are just phenomenal. Like, for example, James, you were saying yesterday about, um, what do you call it, the flight simulator? Ah, uh, yeah. And how, like, they've literally used, what is it, Microsoft Azure to map the world? Yeah, so, yeah, this is the new Microsoft flight simulator game where they've taken the satellite images from Bing Maps and then used the Microsoft Azure to kind of render it in the, in the video game. So the in-game map is the entire planet. Wow, that's insane. But then all this stuff like that, like if you imagine how you could bring that back into schools and stuff where you could literally, if you like to bring it back to your point about VR, if you mixed it with those two things, you could literally take people to, you could take people to the rainforest. Yeah, so exciting. Damn, wish I had that when I was at school. Okay, so next I'm going to test your digital knowledge, guys. It's, it's kind of a small quiz, but we'll just see how much about digital you actually know. Are you ready? Yeah. Have you got, like, pen and paper or are you going to do it on your... Yeah, how, how does this work? Are we shouting out you answers? No, you're or? against each other. So I'm going to have... There's five questions. Um, so yeah. r- write them down, your answers, and then we'll, we'll run through them at the end. You should do some really cool theme music, like... That was EastEnders. Don't do that. What, do it by myself? (laughs) (laughs) Digital quiz. Um, No, you can... can No, I'm going to use that. (laughs) You can do that in (laughs) post-production. James, are you ready? I'm ready. Chris, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, I'll try not mess this up. Okay, what does CPU stand for? I actually haven't got a clue. We'll make a guess then, love. I'm making a guess that's too obvious, so... It's actually kind of makes sense, if that helps. I don't know. I should know this. Okay, moving on. Question number two. Created in 1990, what was the name of the first internet search engine? What? (laughs) What? Uh, 
James, have you got it? Well, I've named an old search engine. Okay, love it. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know this, but I wasn't born, so... I was three! <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't born either, just... <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Question number three. Which company that provides commercial web traffic analytics and data was acquired by Amazon in 1999? Oh, could you Could you repeat the question, please? Yeah, so question yeah. number three. Which company that provides commercial web traffic analytics and data was acquired by Amazon in 1999? Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> I, know, I wasn't expecting it to be this niche. This is so niche. This is, this is digital history. I, I didn't think it would be... I thought it would be... Oh, it's not what I thought it would be. You know, it's going to change every week, but this is what it is this week, so deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're moving on now. Question four. What does GIF stand for? Oh, no. He knows this one. <laughs> I mean, does he? Do I? It's in there somewhere. <laughs> I feel like you're just going to get all of these wrong, Chris. What's going on? I will actually be devastated and I won't put it in. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll have a riot on your hands if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the final question. Question number five. What year did the first Apple iPhone launch? iPhone? Mm-hmm. How old am I now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> These are pretty hard, actually. <laughs> right, are we are we ready to go through the answers, guys? Yeah. Yeah. No. Does anyone know the answer to question number one? What does CPU stand for? Central processing unit. Damn it! I put computer processing unit. One point <laughs> to I changed it from changed it from computer. I, had it in there somewhere. Of course it's central. You can't have a computer processing unit because that would be me. I am the unit that's processing the computer. Well, I'm glad you figured that yeah. out. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Well done, James. Uh, question oh. number two. <laughs> Created in 1990, what was the name of the first in internet search engine? Uh, I just I, I took an absolute stab at a very early version of Internet Explorer. I said AltaVista because I think that's an old search engine. Oh, it's Archie. Archie? Yeah. yeah. What the hell is Archie? No, is it still online? <laughs> we need to find this and bring it back. I'm just going to use Archie, Archie from now on. Yeah, Archie apparently. There you go. Uh, question number three. Which company that provides commercial web traffic analytics and data was acquired by Amazon in 1999? I put Napster. Um, that is correct. Um, um, incorrect, sorry. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing. Alexa. Oh. Really? Yeah, apparently. There you go. Learn something. Oh, oh, did you hear that? My Alexa just went off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that Alexa? She's like, please try that again. Um, okay, question number four. What does GIF stand for? I put graphics interchange file. Oh, I put graphic interchange format. Oh, you were so near, James. Yeah, Chris, you're correct. Oh, oh this, this, You've got one right, haven't you, James? Yeah. I've got one right as well. This is literally the tiebreaker. To a decider. With very poor scores. Question number five. What year did the first Apple iPhone launch? I, I'm, I'm sure it's between two years. It's either 2015 or 2016. And I've put 2000 and... I have put 2016. Wait, first iPhone? Yeah, are you, are you okay? Oh. oh, I thought you said the Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, you, you literally... No, if you listen back, you asked me, wait, iPhone? And I was like, yeah, iPhone. Did I? 
That didn't go in at all. <laughs> 2007, isn't it? James, can you I change have my won. answer? No, James, you have one. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well done, James. Thanks. It's a, ho- a hollow victory. I wasn't up against much there in the end. Right. Uh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit here with my Apple Watch and cry. Do you have an Apple Watch? <laughs> no, I don't even have one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was great. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that's all from us. Um, we hope you enjoyed our ramblings and found it very insightful. Uh, we'll be bringing you more insights and delights from the digital world and more bi-weekly. Um, so we'll keep you posted and hopefully you aren't sick of our voices. Goodbye. Digital. 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 I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.